This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is episode 23 of Flixwatcher Podcast with Kobe and Helen. Hope you enjoy the show, guys. On this episode of the podcast, we are talking about happy as presented and chosen by Samantha Clark from the podcast Conversations with Samantha and, and also Mark LaRousse from the Unconventionalist podcast. We are, of course, on iTunes, where you can subscribe and leave us a lovely review. You can also find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Come say hi, give us a tweet, and visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings of each episode. As always, films reviewed in this podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. There may be bad language, and there may be spoilers. You have been warned. Do you want a professional sounding podcast as professional as Flixwasher Pod? If you do, we recommend that you check out GL Productions. They're responsible for uh, editing and production. They're also going to give you a welcome package, 10% discount. If you're interested, email podcast at glpro.co.uk. Send them the message that Flixwasher Pod sent you and they'll give you 10% off your first package. Hello and welcome to this edition of Flix Watch Pod. And today we are joined by Samantha and Mark. If you'd like to say hello, guys, introduce yourselves. Hello, my name is Samantha Clark. I'm a happiness and change consultant. I have a podcast called Conversations with Samantha Rand. My main kind of MO and the work that I do is really about creating inspiring work environments, leaders, and places where people can build more considered approaches to happiness. I chose the film Happy because I wanted to see the exploration of happiness and the different journeys and what key elements I could take away from that and impart into my business or what things I'm already doing and just kind of see it from a global perspective as well. Cool. And Mark? Hi, yeah, my name is Mark, uh, Mark Roost, and I'm the host of the Unconventionalists podcast. And we basically interview people from all walks of life about what it really takes to start up a company and try and build an audience that's excited about what you do. So we have guests like Chris Guillebeau and the founders of The Minimalists and J.P. Sears, that kind of stuff. And your background was part of the Movember movement yeah. in its early, early phases. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I joined the Movember Foundation, uh, the European team employee number three back in 2012. And uh, yeah, we grew the campaign across Europe. I was taking care of four countries and Got about 2.8 million euros raised from Men's Health and 110,000 people signed up. So we're very proud of that. Yeah. And I left about a year ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to pursue more exciting things. Yeah. Like podcasting. Yeah. Which is exciting. That's why we're all here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, as you talked about, Samantha, happy was your choice. Mm-hmm. And you gave a bit of an insight as to why you chose it. But can you give us a breakdown? I know it's, it's a documentary, but can you give us a breakdown as to what happens in happy? So happy, I guess, is an exploration of the definition of happiness. What does it mean? Why are we, I guess, obsessed about talking about happiness? How do we aim to find different fulfillment, enjoying contentment in our lives? And it discusses kind of extrinsic values and which to do with money, status, power, and some of the more intrinsic ones around creating community, sense of awareness, a sense of kind of personal relationships and growth. And it takes us on the journey with lots of individual stories. So we have Ronaldo in Brazil and what his version of happiness is and the kind of values that he lives by. So Ronaldo was the surfer. Yes, he yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was he was Dude. very much yeah. well, do you know what? He he made a really interesting point about we need to find uh, something, a message that he he told his kids when they were thinking about the jobs that they wanted to do. And he says, you know, do something that allows you to find contentment and to think, he said, a lot of the times we think that we're happy and we go to bed at night and there are just a million things keeping us awake at night and we're running around with that kind of stress. And I don't think often we look for the purpose or the contentment in our lives that will give us peace of mind as we go to bed at night. And I thought that was quite a, a nice, I guess, way of being and way of thinking. It's probably easy to do that if you are surfing every day in Brazil, <laughs> which I have done, so I understand the joys that he feels. And it, there was different explorations of different cultures. So um, in Japan, they I had guess... Two, they had two visits to Japan. Yes, in, they did, yeah. yeah. So in Japan, there was a lot of insight into what's called Kuroshi, which is mm. the definition of when, I guess, work is over, overtaking or consuming most of your life and there's a lot of stress and deaths that occur, predominantly men, from the kind of very hardcore work ethic that they have there. And there was a story with a, a lady talking about the death of her husband and the kind of community that she's joined to kind of take her through that journey. And on the other side, we have Okinawa, where a lot of the world's oldest people live. And they're really delving into looking after each other, a lot of intergenerational relationships, mm. figuring out how as a community they can bond with each other. So, you know, they grow veg to kind of give us gifts or to share to, with one another. There's a lot of social bonding. There is a kind of musical band which travels through all the different villages. And it has to be, I think there's, you have to be between 20 and 30 to be in the group. So it's a lot of young people engaged on Friday night, energizing and motivating the village. So there were lots of, um, I guess, recipes there for a culture that is embracive and inclusive and really wanting to think about the 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 simple things in life mm-hmm. to grow towards happiness. And I guess another story that was quite pivotal was, I think, Melissa Moody. Unfortunately, she suffered a really mm. horrific accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty horrific. Yeah. 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 A miracle so, she survived, really. Totally. I mean, when I first watched it and I thought to myself, my God, and I played it back and just visualizing, you know, her kind of being dragged and trapped under a, under a, a car. Was, it, was yeah. it her husband driving the truck? No, it was her sister. No, her sister dragged her. I mean, we're not, so I mean, no, yeah. <laughs> it was I mean, accidental hi- though yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to highlight the story that she she was kind of dragged under a car and, she, and actually the, the wheels of the truck well, i think when she, when she said truck i pitched like a four by four or a ute type vehicle yes yeah. mm. not a petrol actual truck. truck yeah <laughs> but, um. and that actually ran over her face yeah 
And over the course of nine years, she's went through many different operations. Oh, yeah, over um, 30 different operations. And prior to that, she was, well, she was a beauty queen in her youth. Exactly. Mm. So that became, you know, a massive change in identity for her. Mm. Her husband leaving her um, yeah. going forward. So it's just, um, but but then her reevaluating actually what made her happy and kind of reinstigated thoughts about well, abuse from the her abuse, father, yeah. Yeah. which um, ro- rose to the surface and she's finally able to reconcile. Mm. So it's kind of a drastic way to reconcile some hidden hidden past thoughts, I guess, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But I think a lot, of, a lot of what came up out of that was that the happiness that she found was through acceptance and giving or being grateful or even understanding and appreciating how that happened and why it happened and what it's given to her life so that she can move forwards. And I think that's a, an element that we can take into the into today when it's a very stoic way of thinking, I think, in terms of how we can find happiness even in the morose things in life and to see negativity as a way to springboard into positive kind of ways of being. Yeah. Mark, what are your thoughts on, on happy? Yeah, so it's... um. It's interesting because I'd seen the documentary a while ago and then I watched it again in preparation for the podcast. And, um, you know, so what I took away from it was there were a few key things, which is around, you know, the intrinsic happiness, like the things we do for ourselves and then the uh, things we do for others, the mm. altruistic motives and intrinsics. And extrinsic. Goals. Yeah, there you go. And dyslexic, so half the words that are more than two syllables I struggle with. But yes, it, it was quite interesting to see about you know, also about money, like in terms of after a certain amount of money that you make, it doesn't really change how happy you're going to be. And I like the fact that they went different areas around the world. You know, they went, I think it was Calcutta, I forgot what it was. Yeah. And, you know, they're showing people who are re- rediscovering a sense of meaning through being of service to others and so forth. So I think on a, on a general basis, it's like, yeah, it's nice. It kind of shows, you know, different people being happy in different, 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 loca- different locations. It didn't make me happier. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll put it that way. I, did, I didn't walk away watching that. I go like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm, I'm so happy. And Did it make you sadder or did you stay about the same? Good question. Did I feel sadder? <laughs> no, I didn't feel, I didn't feel sad. You know, this, so I have, this, I have a pet hate, basically, around people when you say like, you know, I'm miserable or I'm not feeling very well or yeah. I'm sad or I'm depressed. Someone goes, well, you know, at least you don't have to worry about surviving on the streets or at least, you know, you know, relativity of other people's happiness and other people's situations and i find that that's great to guilt trip me into feeling like i should feel better but um i I have this big thing about like telling me that someone's more miserable than i am or someone that's better off than i am isn't helping me that's that's kind of something that i find is especially when i i spent four years speaking with people who are going through mental health issues and depression and it can be really easy to try and use that as a way of like saying you know, basically pick yourself up and you should feel much better about yourself, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know why I went on the tantrum on that, but... Um, no, that's what, it's what instigate. Well, the, the film instigated your, those emotions from you. Yeah. And discussion and <laughs> yeah. things. So. Yeah, but I thought, uh, I did feel guilty half, <laughs> half the time I was looking at the guys living in, I think it was Calcutta, the family, when he's describing his house. Mm. And I'm sitting there in my 70 square meter flat in Hampstead going, oh... But Shit. he was very, very happy with Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so I was like, he looks so much happier than 99% of everyone I've come across. And he's got nothing. And uh, yeah. Relatively. He's got nothing from yeah, a financial perspective. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's half the point. That's the main part of the yeah. film, wasn't it? I think it, mm. it kind of does repeat things that, you know, 
family, community, being apart, uh, having people near you and to support mm. you, regardless of what you've got, a kind yeah. of, you know, the true routes to happiness and things, which is sounds great. <laughs> Did it make you happier or less happy or? Again, I don't same. think it made, I think it's made me about the same really. Yeah, I didn't come out of it going, oh, this is how I'm going to make my life better <laughs> by following all these steps and things. I mean, I, I do like, I think it was the family the, in Copenhagen. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. That was awesome. I was just gonna in say terms it. of like a model to be working towards, mm. I think it's something that should be adopted more. Yeah. And in terms of kind of a practical way of solving a lot of issues yeah. that are kind of contributing to sort Stress. of the mass unhappiness of yeah. the world today that could be something that mm. would work so just, in so many different countries as well there's just a simple thing about you cook for everyone yeah. twice yeah. A twice a month yeah but not yeah. even again it's just, just that very whole mixing of different com- different ages yeah. and it's we're all in this together and you know one of the girls said if i fall down it doesn't need to be my mom that comes to get me anyone any adult is great and i think i think the miss the problem that we have and i find this a lot i mean i work with a lot of clients in tech and creative industries and you say you're a happiness consultant and they're like okay great we need this like we've got all these different issues and they and like make us happy (laughs) and I think there's a there's a problem fundamentally with you know thinking that that film is going to make you happy or there's that uh understanding that if I watch this all my woes will be over but I think it's just a opening up so that you can explore different areas about yourself and different thought processes that you have Mm. and think about what you want to drill deeper and what you want to move towards or away from and it's not i think this we need to move away from the quick fixes around Mm. happiness and find something a little bit more considered and approachable and i think there are lots of things that we could pull out from here Mm. and think about oh okay if i like that concept how could i inject more of that into my life it's like the gratitude the one the one thing i which is kind of, I love the whole thing about the science between gratitude and mindfulness and, and happiness. I thought, I thought that was quite interesting as well when they talk about how actually expressing daily gratitudes or spending some time around that. And that I, I 100% have felt that in my life when if I try and journal a little bit or if I, there's a, there's a thing called a five-minute journal, I think. It's, uh, you, can, you can download it, I think, or buy it. But anyway, it's like every day you spend five minutes basically saying, what are you grateful for? What was good about your day? What mm. would you do differently if you could go back and revisit it? And when I consistently do that, which I never do, but when I do try, <laughs> I feel so much better. Mm. Like I, I generally feel like a bit more at peace. I feel less worried, less stressed. I don't know if I, I'm guessing everyone around this table is running your own businesses. Everyone's running their own businesses or freelancing. Freelancing, yeah. yeah. Freelancing. And so with that comes huge amounts of stress and pressure and anxiety. That I'm just speaking for myself. Like this, is, <laughs> this is a group therapy. But it's true, right? And so... I think there were, yeah, there were some interesting concepts in there to try and go back and say, ah, oh, yeah. I think, I mean, what, one thing you alluded to, and they kind of quantified in that if someone's got 50,000, if someone earns 5,000 pounds a year, mm. the difference between earning 5,000 pounds to 50,000 pounds is it makes a huge difference to yeah. your life because in, I guess a lot of worries yeah. go away. And I guess that's talking about if you live in a quote unquote modern For society, sure. yeah, yeah. but the difference between someone earning 50,000 to 5 million, I think you said the difference in happiness isn't yeah. anywhere near it's comparable. Yeah. So, what, I mean, this goes back to me to business studies at A level is that Maslow's hierarchy of needs in mm. terms of having the kind of things at the, at the bottom of the hierarchy, which whereby you don't need to worry about where your food's going to come from. Mm. You don't need to worry about the clothes mm. that you're going to buy. You'd be able to buy some clothes. You might not be able to be, you might not be the Louis Vuitton shoes, they make shoes. Yeah. And it might not be those kind of things, but you don't need to worry about those kind of things and then you can 
yeah that part of your brain doesn't need to function on that yeah but one thing i took away from it and obviously what's the film that he said Samantha, is not supposed to make you happy but it did kind of make me think a bit more and in terms of where i would like to hang out more and trying to surround mm. myself with people who want to be around more mm. i think that's kind of a an important part of a lot of the stories that they had there it's like social connection i think you were talking about this right yeah it's yeah. just that we're so much more connected with what everyone else is doing that people who have access to see what other people are doing are like well why am why aren't i doing that mm. and you look at instagram and you're like well why can't i be an instagram star and mm. just take pictures for a connected living? but disconnected yeah, at the same yeah. Time. whereas if you're living in a tribe and you, you you don't even know what instagram is and you just have what you have around you and you have beautiful surroundings then you don't know that there's this whole world that you could be wanting to have but you don't really know mm. why you want it so i think it's changed yeah. very very quickly in the last 10 years about how people seem to be a lot more unhappy but yet they project that they're more happier online so it's a very strange time for happiness and contentment mm. and a lot of people trying to sell the solutions for that now as well by by sticking their asses out on instagram and taking selfies yeah <laughs> but i mean exactly. this, when did this film come out 2011 2011 so i it mean it feels a little bit yeah old yeah yeah there's um but it's it's interesting what you're saying about the whole and it feels like for me, there's a shift in the definition of success. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, but if you look at history, right? So if you look at post-Second World War, baby boomers mm. are kind of given the legacy of rebuilding a nation. And it's all about wealth accumulation and growth and spending. And then you get, you know, the sort of the next generation coming along, you know, generation MTV and so forth and Instagram. And then suddenly we don't have to worry about the same stuff that our parents had to or let alone our grandparents and so we can now start asking ourselves a question like, who am I? Yeah. What do I want? And then you start going down that road of going like, oh my God, actually, do I really want to get a university degree so I can go and get a good job and then I can retire when I'm 70, you know? Mm. Or do I want to go and be a, a face mask painter and explore Bali's deep sea life ocean? And so we've got this new access to choices that I feel like my parents cannot relate yeah. to us. And I, and I don't blame them in any kind of way. But I think coming back to what you're saying, and it was around what makes us happy and i think these kind of documentaries at least for me like the minimalist as well like another one makes me think huh actually what why am i chasing this like why am i doing this business why am i like chasing likes on facebook and that doesn't make me any happier yeah just me i think that well, it's not just you because i think when we're sat here right now in a co-working space and mm. when it's sitting out when it's sitting out there in the hot desk area it's full of people who they did the route that the parents dictated for them and they were bound and they were happy to go along with. Yeah. They went to university, came out with X degree, went into finance, went into management consulting, went into something else. And after 10 or so years, they kind of woke up and thought, this is bullshit. I hate this. And <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to do something more interesting. Yeah. So out there, you've got people who are creatives in different ways. And they're, just, they're making films, they're making script writers out there. There's people who are just like, I've got some, I actually want to do stuff that's going to make more of an impact yeah. in my life. And this is, I guess, they've, they've amassed that experience in the, form, in the former life, quotes, career, and they've amassed some kind of monetary security as well in that, in that previous life. So now, now they've got the kind of foundation to do that. I often wonder about that because I also run, so I do quite a lot of workshops at the School of Life and do some for The Guardian. And I was in a class the other day about how to realize your potential. And this guy said to me, all these examples of like entrepreneurs and people making it and doing things, they all seem like they've come from well-to-do backgrounds. What if I haven't been in banking for mm. a period of time? How do I make that transition or how do I do it effectively? And 
I think, you know, that's Instagram has kind of put up this level of success that we all need to still try and we're trying to aspire to. But realistically, what if you're just starting out and you're still in your day job and it's one day a week you're making it work? Mm. Like, how can we reach that plateau point in terms of success and, and how we reach it versus it being an all or nothing kind of game at the moment? I think yeah. Freakonomics have talked about this in, the, in an episode which I really kind of thrived about and saying that if you can spend you know, 20% of your time doing something that you really just mm. dig, then that makes a huge difference on your yeah. on your life. And I know I do know some people who are quite big on Instagram, but their whole life is stressful because they have <laughs> to go to a place to take a picture, yeah. to post it, and then keep on rechecking Instagram every kind of five minutes and answering questions. Mm. And that to me seems like a horrible, a horrible existence. There's a, no, it's a treadmill. Do you know uh, Alistair Humphreys? Have you heard of Alistair Humphreys? No. He's, uh, he was a National Geographic Explorer of the Year. He's one of the British prolific explorers. Really nice guy. And he's, he came on my show and we talked about this. And I said to him at one point during the interview, I said, but how, do you struggle to be in the moment? Because his whole spiel is around micro adventures and going off on your adventures. So he's constantly doing videos and, you know, micro videos on YouTube and little documents. And they're amazing. But I'm thinking, there's no way you can just sit there and just take in the, you know, the scenery. Yeah. And he actually said, and he opened up, he said, no, that's a huge challenge of, turning your hobby into your business is then you then trying to be, go on this adventure while still promoting it on the outside and get, get people interested. And so there's a real challenge with that, I think, between the, the whole trend of perception we're projecting with actually how we're feeling. I mean, I think also we're talking about these people with the, you know, the big dreams to do all these things. Mm. I think what's really interesting if, you know, for example, you're someone who works in a supermarket and you really enjoy your job yeah. and you really enjoy the interaction you have with people you've got friends that you work with you've got a house which accommodates all of your family you mm. have your family there you go on a holiday once or twice a year and that's happiness for you so it's I mean, it's the, very interesting that we're all sort of talking about you know breaking free and creating something and being the next new adventure but what if <laughs> the job that you do every day you yeah. do really enjoy mm. and you earn just about enough so that you you have some shelter and you get to enjoy small things like holidays and you have your children and then you have your family and that's kind of that's enough really. Well, there's that short order chef in the in the film, wasn't he? Who was super happy. Oh yeah, make, oh, yeah. Uh, making, the grill master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he yeah. Was awesome. So that that kind of ties in with exactly yeah. what yeah. you're saying there. He, he had the biggest smile I'd seen certainly outside. No one has a smile that big in London. But that, that is but that is something so I've just seen that over so I, my, my early stage of my career, I spent a couple of years living in around the world in countries like Kazakhstan, South Africa, the Gambia, Peru, those kind of countries. And so what the, the biggest thing I realized back then is that the, 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 the least financial means people had, the kinder and nicer and happier they seemed. Mm. It was this really weird realization where, and hang out with people who really didn't have a lot of money or not a lot of material possessions, but would like cook for us and invite us over. And we'd have these long nights of talking and storytelling and all this stuff. And then you hear stories living in these mansions in the city and they're super stressed out and you don't end up hanging out. And it's just one of these kind of realities around, I think what you just said, what makes you happy? Like mm -hmm. finding that definition of like your happiness instead of buying into other people. That That's a whole different and I guess conversation. But 
I, I like following on from that. I like the fact that I guess Bhutan is following in that same mm. lead because they're like, do you know what? We don't. We're trying to develop here, and we don't think that GDP is right for us. We're going to oh, yeah, figure yeah. out how That's to amazing. make yeah. gross national happiness work. And <laughs> you know, speaking to, I heard their prime minister speak, and it was such a kind of eloquent display of, you know, people are at the heart of our country. And it's about what makes them happy. So we have to look after the key places where they collect. So schools are places of worship and it, it's not at the expense of profit. But what I'm seeing on the opposite side of that is when you hear some of the children who are getting access to media and Instagram and things that they've got a bit of a drug problem as well. So it's like, where is the the border between trying to craft your own version of happiness and it being something that you try to dictate mm. to others and it actually working versus you kind of creating lots of people who long for what the rest of the world has so it'll be interesting to see how that does actually manifest properly yeah i'm gonna go out there and visit next year so oh amazing oh, wow. well yeah. take some pictures and send it back to the flix watcher podcast <laughs> yeah. and we'll, and we'll post it on the social medias I think it's time for a bit of popcorn before we go into the scores. Woo! Woo. So just take a grab, grab a handful of popcorn. This is from the Popcorn Shed. Oh, thank you, Popcorn what, Shed. What flavour is this one? Did you want to see if you can try and guess what the flavour ah, might be? Okay. Well, just well, do a flavour guess. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I'm just going to take it's a big a kind handful. Of this is like a wine, what, wine tasting Ooh, idea. This is um, caramel? Yeah, caramel smelling like... Caramel-y, toffee, goodness. Salt <laughs> Helen's nodding away like four yeah. points. Yeah, salted <laughs> caramel. Mm, Boom. It is. Yeah. Has it got peanuts, pecan in it? No, it hasn't got pecan. Mm. Oh no. You could smell it. It smells like salted caramel ice cream. But there is another flavour that does have me. pecan in it, so maybe it's just made mm. in the same factory. That's yeah, maybe. This tasty. Is, this is everyone. Everyone who's tasted this loves this. I'm gonna do some chomping. It's really nice. Great. Now you've just opened up a whole can of uh, what does it call it when you start something you can't stop it. We're going to hear us munch popcorn for the rest of the show. No. <laughs> right in your ears. Yeah. Mm, keep those away from me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Mm. But popcorn is brilliant because it is gluten-free. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I was, um, I was reading an article in the Guardian today about that whole gluten-free thing. Oh. That's okay. a whole. Let's not, you know, get into it's that. That's yeah. a whole separate time. conversation. Yeah. Samantha said, keep it away from it. She's reaching I over know. with a yeah. Mr. Tickle arms <laughs> as well as possible to the bowl. Good job you can't see me. <laughs> I'm taking photos. <laughs> so if anyone wants to uh, find out how to get hold of Popcorn Shed, go to popcornshed.com mm. and yeah, enjoy the, the taste well, and the savour, the taste that we've got now. Pecan pie. Yeah. Mm. That so was yeah, amazing. They've got lots mm. of flavours. Uh, mm. Slightly more exciting than your average salted and sweet. Are there a new brand? They yeah, they're pretty are, new, yeah, in the last year. Yeah, yeah, based in based in LDN in yep. London. They won Great LDN. Taste <laughs> Award in 2016. Well, well done, Popkin Shed. <laughs> it's awesome. With the secret family recipe. And now, let's go to the scores for Happy. I still haven't. <laughs> Start with yourself, Samantha, with mm. the scores. Recommendability score, each out of five. And we'd produce an overall score at the end out of five. So how highly would you recommend people to this film? And I would, you're, as a happiness consultant, I'm really keen to see what, <laughs> <laughs> what, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I'm going to go with a three to four, just because I think... We need, we need a final answer. You can have a half if you're... Three, point, yeah. three and a half. Of course, yeah. yeah. Yes. You can go to decimal places. Thank you. 
You want three? And uh, why? Why? You said, uh, sorry, I interrupted you when you were explaining um, why the. I think it's got the ceilings of a documentary around happiness. I do feel it's a bit dated, and I think that they could have expanded a little bit more on. Yeah, I think there could have been some different examples that are a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. Also, how we find happiness, I guess in the kind of digital age that we're living at the moment. There wasn't much reference to how we still find ourselves as people. Do you think that's a symptom of the fact it was eight, it's a few years old now, but when they were filming it would have been, digital things would not have been so prominent. Maybe maybe the iPhone hadn't even come out at the time that this film was filmed. Yeah, I think it was. iPhone? They mentioned MySpace. Yeah, that was so yeah. funny, that guy. We didn't even talk about that, but that, that was, I thought that was a really cool scene, though. Mm. What scene was that? When they, when they go, in the, when the they go in the school, and the guy's like this comedian, and he oh, makes yeah. them laugh, and then goes deep real fast. Yeah, yeah. really quickly. Really quick, and yeah. then he gets them to open up about being bullied and crying. You know, that was... And that kid, there's that kid who's the shortest kid in school. Yeah. And he starts off saying, no one's... Yeah. You know, yeah. Joey, yeah. I'm Joey, the short kid. Yeah. Everybody knows I'm the shortest kid, and then just goes into Ooh. floods of mm. tears. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really, really powerful. Yeah. So, I guess maybe just thinking what what principles or themes would be expanded on now if we were to look at it with some of the challenges that young people face at the moment, definitions, re- redefining happiness in the kind of modern age. Yeah. In the modern more. age, it sounds like you, this is filmed in the... This is, yeah. <laughs> in the back in the world, back in the world, yeah. <laughs> eight minute of film. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Mark, what do you... 2.5 or 3, B, what would I recommend it? <laughs> Yeah, I'm hesitating. I'm going to give it three. Okay. Any particular reason? I feel I feel just harsh giving it two point five. To be honest, okay. I'm like, am I just being like one of those old miserable buggers who just yeah. not, you know, <laughs> no. screwed? You said it didn't leave I'm like, happy. I'm like, there's been some films that have been scored very harshly in this in this booth here. So. Well, you know, like you know, I'll Buy give me. it a two point five. Okay, I'll give you a two point five. Go with your heart. Yeah, yeah. Helen, I'm going to give it a three. You know, it is kind of interesting, but it does a lot of the themes are themes that we we sort of already know about. And like Samantha said, it feels a bit dated, and mm. it could look at more. It didn't really have much of a children's perspective. Mm. I think they really missed missed that. So, um, yeah, I think it's all right. I'm going to give it a three, but I think Karen, from your point, I think there were children were quite a big aspect in terms of the family and the community. But they were things, kind of more positive children. Though yeah. we didn't really hear any sad <gasps> children. Yeah, that I kind of would have liked maybe. Chill, like I would have liked to have heard maybe conversations with some English teenagers to find out what they thought were happy. Yeah. What was happiness? Yeah, was well, there actually no. anyone in the... In the there was, there was, there was, there was a, a guy, the yeah. one English guy maybe. There was an English guy, like a professor, talking about, he was the Institute of Econ- the new Institute of Economics. And oh, yeah. that. The Wellness Conscious mm. New Institute of Economics, like a really long word. He was, yeah, he was English. Yeah, at least he sounded English. Pete Bewing score, Samantha. How often would you repeat view have, this? Had you film? seen this before then? So, so have you seen it more than once? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay if you have this Sounds like, do I lie <laughs> or do I say the truth? Hey, hey, yeah. uh, so so I think I watched the trailer for it before and I thought Snoozeville. <laughs> um, I guess also because I, I know a lot of the principle. It's my work, so and I it, there was nothing in the trailer that made me feel like, yes, I must watch this. And then the next time I came across it, I halfway watched it. <laughs> and then because it's a I short documentary as well, so an, and I you know. picked it. Yeah. I, well, because I feel it, it's important for me to know the the spectrum of what's out there. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean I have to love it, and <laughs> I won't watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> so we can see. Uh, repeat. It's a three. 
two and a three. half, three. For something, wow. That's two quite high for something you're not going to watch yeah. again. Yeah, I mean, you can go well, lower. I, because I, I think there are still some fundamental things in there that I will take away. So you might watch a section specifically, yeah. you think, but the whole film... I, I couldn't, know. Yeah. Mark, one. Sorry, what, what were you saying? So three, two and a half, three? No, two and a half. Two point. And you're going for one. One. I'm not watching it again. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, I, I sorry, just to say... The only reason why I watched <laughs> it again was because Sam picked it. Yeah, you, you so you've already it. seen it? Yeah, you two yeah. have one. Oh, yeah, wow, I've seen that's it. Commitment and were you like, course. oh, fuck my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, no, 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 because it's, it's, I hadn't seen it in so long. So, you know, like, you think you read, I don't know if you've ever done this, but like, there's a favorite film you had when you were a kid, you watch it again, and then you're like, it's really just, disappointed. It's a bit crap. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's really like that. It's like you kiss like an old girlfriend and you remembered it much better than it was. <laughs> yeah, there's some films I'm Just not like that. There's some films I'm not watching, which I loved as a kid, which I'm not going to watch again. Yeah. Because I know it will. I know they are shite. <laughs> deep, deep in my heart, I know they're shite. Helen. I leave it a one. It's a bit like an hour long motivational poster. <laughs> That's what I was feeling, you know, with a rainbow <laughs> laminated on the wall somewhere. I'm going to. Be higher than you guys with a 1.5. Oh, controversial. And I think like with Sam, the, the, there's some bits I really liked and I thought were really cool. So I so might rewatch segments to reinvigorate myself. But like the, the Danish community, I think was really cool. But yeah, watching the whole film again, even though it's short, is unlikely. Small screen score. How how well suited to the small screen do you feel this was? Would would you have had a better experience seeing it in the cinema? No. <laughs> so it's perfect for TV viewing. It's perfect for TV viewing. So this would be quite a high score then. Yeah, <laughs> but still. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to give it a high score. <laughs> I'm gonna go with three and a half again. Okay, Mark. Four actually. Is it out of five? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> no, the, and the only reason I'm not. Did giving you think it, these were scored out of ten? No, no, I knew it was out of five because when I got the popcorn right, you said four. You said I got a four, so I thought it was like four out of four. Full, full marks. Full marks. Ah, see, I heard, no, no, I said I had four. The reason I'm not getting it five is because I reckon that surf scene must have been pretty cool in the cinema. <laughs> those big waves. Yeah. That's the only reason why. All those, all that 106-year-old grandmother's smile must have been wild. Oh, wow. yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I think that's I, what gets you. The 106-year-old grannies. <laughs> yeah, but the kids at the end, like the future 100s, that was really cute. Mm. Anyway, they're in the race. Helen. I'm going to give it a four. Also, added to that, you know, you don't need to see it on a big screen. Kind mm. of each bit's segmented, so you can kind of stop it and pause and stuff. Uh, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's quite handy to watch You're if right. you wanted to in chunks. Yeah. I, if I'm you gonna... felt a bit overwhelming watching it all in one go. <laughs> I don't think it's overwhelming. But I'm going to echo you that. I think, yeah, four's a good one. And I like the way you talk about the segments there. Engagement score. How engaged were you whilst watching it? Did you were you checking things on your phone? Were you thinking I need to stop this and <laughs> do something else? Could you have switched this off and never I, picked up again? Which, I, you, which you have done actually. Yeah. So I feel like for me, engagement score is going to be a bit low. But the bits that I was engaged in, I was thoroughly engaged. Yeah. So just because I like the pattern, I'm going to go with two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. So I, so I started watching it yesterday and I was pretty much watching it. And then today I had to finish it. And I was doing it at the same time as I was filing my computer and my hard drive and all this stuff. What? So, so it's a one. No, I'll give it a two. I'll give it two. Yeah, so it didn't, it didn't drag you out of your tasks, out of your I'll tell you what, though. The only times I did have to pay attention was when they, weren't, when they had to read the subtitles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they just... Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so when Ronaldo's like, there, surfing. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, actually, I think that was yesterday. But yeah, today was more like the Japanese aspect of all that stuff. So, um, and Danish as well. Oh, did she speak in English? I don't remember. It was both. Helen. Yeah, I'm going to give it a two. Um, I was I was making dinner at the same time. I was a bit short on time and had to keep popping my head around the door when they started talking in a different language. And I came back, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched most of the start. But you were hungry. I was very hungry. And yeah. it wasn't going to pull you away from your dinner. It wasn't. No. I'm going to give it a two as well. I think. So an overall score of two point six, and Samantha, who suggested it, you get the, you have the highest overall score of three. Yeah, we're all pretty similar on that. Yeah, it's quite unusual for everyone to yeah. have yeah, the, the same, same views on that. Yeah, so. mm. I think it's That's kind of fair enough. It's yeah, reflective. It. Interesting points, but overall, as a documentary, uh, yeah, you wouldn't like, yeah, brag about it or no. rave about it. Yeah, no. which is a shame considering this is my field. I'm a little bit, I'm very disappointed. What that means well, to me, Samantha, is that you need you to do go make out. the next well, yeah. documentary. We all just point. So yeah. coming, all, coming <laughs> soon. Hands is. at Sam. Don't worry, kids, it's coming. When you're going to Bhutan, you can take off from the mantle that this left you. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Well, for me, if you need a documentary, moment is... <laughs> I know how to hold the camera, but I'm not that. You know, I don't know really what to do. But I can hang out in Bhutan for a bit. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. A big thing for me is is the impact of technology on our happiness. So um, that's something I'm exploring. That's what my podcast is about. So I feel like the film is going to... I'll carry on where this leaves off. I think that's a great place to... Well, so tells you about your podcast as we sign off for this episode. So my podcast is Conversations with Samantha Rand. And it's very much around the impact of technology on our happiness at work, the places and spaces we live in and our lives. So I interview everyone from smart city designers, psychologists, communication experts, and just getting their insights on how can we be more empathetic across tech platforms? Is a smart city really a happy one? And where can we find you on, on the Twitter and internet? You can find me on Twitter as uh, Samantha and underscore. And my website is called Samantha and dot co. It's snazzy like that. Not <laughs> .co.uk, just .co. Mark. About my podcast? Yeah. Well. yeah. How, how can people find you on the internet? Yeah, so just if you type marklaroos.com. And how do you spell in the roost? Oh, so that's... yeah, that's a good point. So it's M-A-R-K-L-E-R-U-S-T-E.com. <laughs> That's what you want to do. Or theunconventionalists.com and it goes to the same place. And yeah, the, the show is really about people that you're not used to opening up in ways that makes my heart sing. So it's basically people you'll tend to see online who've got like a bit of a big following or they're doing some really interesting stuff. So maybe they're politicians, they're actors, adventurers, athlete entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, etc. And we don't talk about the usual stuff. Like we don't just go off the same rants of their promo tours, but we talk about you know, the, how it really feels when you come home and you haven't seen your kid in, in three months because you're on tour or whatever, you know, that, that kind of yeah. stuff. So we, we talk about the human aspect of the entrepreneurial journey that is very rarely spoken to. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. And, well, thank you very much for your time, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, Popcorn Shed. That was delicious popcorn. Yum. Bye. 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 Popcorn Shed. Love you. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show there, talking about Happy with uh, Samantha and mark from uh, from the podcast conversations with samantha and and also the podcast the unconventionalists please do check the show notes so we can give you and see all the details of where to find them online and please do get in contact with them and say say hi from us because we enjoyed the chat obviously <laughs> please don't forget to subscribe to us on itunes and of course we want to big up tony and jay and also greg our editors from gl productions of course please big up mighty people for the tunes you can hear now and at the start of the podcast find us on twitter at flitswatcherpod and visit our website flitswatcher.tv catch you later